Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. He konai ipurangi tēnei, na Bird of Paradise Productions, mō te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. What's it like training to be a doctor inside a system that you've been told is biased against your own people? I'm Emma Espiner. I'm a final year medical student at the University of Auckland and I'm Māori, which means I'm constantly confronted by that question. From Bird of Paradise Productions for RNZ, this is Getting Better, a year in the life of a Māori medical student. This is episode four, Tairawhiti. The junior doctors I know are too busy to eat lunch, let alone dismantle structural racism. The system keeps you focused on what's right in front of you. In this episode, we're trying to get some perspective. I'm stepping outside of my day-to-day training to go to Tairawhiti, where there's a higher proportion of Māori than anywhere else in Aotearoa, and where groundbreaking, kaupapa Māori approaches to mental health and maternity care are delivering for Fano in a big way. Welcome to Te Kuruhuna. This is a whare wānanga for an idea that developed probably in 2015 because what was happening is Māori mental health services were slowing down or at least reverting back to a Western um, oriented traditional style. This is Dai Kōpua, a Ngāti Poro woman and a psychiatrist. We're in a whare wānanga in downtown Gisborne and she's talking about Mahia Atua, the mental health approach that she's developed with her husband, Tōhunga Tāmoko, Mark Kōpua. Sorry for the terrible audio. This is embarrassing, but we're not even recording properly. We rushed in off the street thinking we were late for an interview with Dai and landed right in the middle of a hui. Ko rāhui, tūki marae. Um, so my dad's from Masterton and my mum's also from Tiki Tiki. Mahia Atua is a form of narrative therapy based on pūrāko, Workers are called mataora, and they come from a range of different backgrounds, clinical, social work, and different forms of art. They help the whole whānau to look at different atua to understand their own behaviours and interactions. Everyone gathered here to meet us today either uses mahia atua as a tool or has been helped by it. So our story with our family was that we had a run of um, suicides, and uh, one of our nieces... Uh, Monica, um, it impacted the family quite bad, um, especially our, our kids and our nieces and nephews. Colin Tare is sitting beside his wife Chris in Te Kuruhuna. To the point where, you know, they were, um, they all, most of them congregated in one place, drank, you know, drugged and, and just didn't do anything. And also, what we saw was that some of them were becoming suicidal as well. So, I mean, it was a huge, huge issue. And then one day, about a week after Monica had passed away, uh, we had 
um, uh, my wife got a phone call and two Moko artists uh, wanted to offer their services um, to Manaki the Fano, you know, just offer Moko. And at first, when we, when Chris was telling me this, at first we were like scratching our heads, thinking, "Oh, how how is Moko going to help our Fano um, come out of the the darkness that they're in?" But we thought, "Oh, well, no harm in just asking the Fano." So that's what that's what we did. Tamoko artists came and did a Pūrāko wānanga over a weekend. And so that night they did two Pūrāko, um, Matoora and Niwareka and Rua Moko's Rage. And it was just powerful. Um, we, right before our eyes, we just saw major shifts take place in our um, young people's lives and it was just uh, it was just amazing and so we realized then that um, you know how powerful our pūraka is for our whānau and actually bringing about healing and and bringing about a shift in their lives so um, and the shift didn't have to be a huge shift it could be a little shift but a shift is a shift now, I remember reading about mahi atua and being struck by how sensible it sounded. Pākehā medicine calls it narrative therapy, but really it's a deeply human practice of telling stories to understand and heal trauma. If that sounds a bit fruity, think of your own family and the stories that are told around significant illnesses or trauma. If your whānau is anything like mine, the story that gets told isn't one of cells and DNA or neurotransmitters, but of events and people, beginnings, journeys and endings. Resolution through the packaging of trauma into some sort of story that makes sense of it. Listening to Colin describe how connecting with their pūrāko has helped his whānau to ground themselves makes the whole theory behind narrative therapy real. And then Colin's wife Chris told a story about what happened when some of the whānau were admitted to the mental health ward of Gisborne Hospital. So whilst we were in Ward 11 with my niece, nieces and my, my nephew, there was two of them in there at the same time, I had a bit of a battle because it was one of my niece's 20th birthday. She turned 20 in Ward 11, so we wanted to have a a birthday cake and a bit of a party, and we went in there as a whānau, there was about 20 of us, <laughs> went in there with the cake, and there was a person that said, actually, we don't celebrate birthdays here. And I said, well, I'm sorry, I, I want to talk to your manager about that. This is about whakamana, te tangata. This is about acknowledging our niece. We, we want to be here to celebrate her life. They don't celebrate birthdays. Now, that doesn't sound like the sort of place I'd like to go to get well. Well, once I asked for the manager, they changed, they changed their tune and they gave us the boardroom for us to have um, the cake. Next minute, we were playing musical chairs with all the board chairs. <laughs> so, you know, so we, we, we have to press and we have to challenge the status quo uh, and, you know, I understand these policies, but this is about celebrating the life. Because at that point, my niece, she was trying to kill herself every day. And here was 20 of her family members saying, we love you. And that's mana. By necessity, and as a product of my training, I distance myself from people's pain in a clinical setting. When you talk to patients, it's not helpful for them if you're blubbering away in a puddle, unable to think clearly. 
Here in the Whare Wānanga, though, I had to be fully present as myself. All of our rituals of encounter are designed to dismantle barriers between people. Noelle, my producer, and I talked about it back at the hotel. So what's the difference between these two worlds for you? I'm always less in control than I realise as soon as I step into a Māori environment. And then just any kind of artifice or all the stuff that you armour yourself with to get by and tell Pākehā just kind of evaporates. And so it was really emotional to hear everyone go around in the circle and giving their whakapapa and to hear all the Ngāti Porau because that pepeha, the um, you know, kohekirangi te maunga, kawaiapu te awa, is the other part of my pepeha, but I don't do that one really because I haven't felt like I've got a right to it because I don't know it. I don't know anything beyond my grandmother, so that was just so emotional. And then I ne- just lost my shit. <laughs> I'm Ngāti Porau on my nanny's side. Coming to Gisborne is coming home. Listening back, I can hear in my voice how overwhelming it was when I did my pepeha in the circle at Te Kurahuna earlier in the day. Nui te, big feelings today, nanny. No Ngāti Porau ahau, ngāri karaia te mōhi o te whenua nei. Sorry again for the bad audio. That was tāmoko happening in the background and we weren't properly recording. The mic was still in my producer's bag. Now, doctors are supposed to be able to assess facts dispassionately in order to best serve our patients. Emotion has been considered a bit unseemly, probably a bit womanly. I guess I've been aware of that and so I've worked hard at controlling my emotions. I wasn't really expecting to be overcome straight out the gate on the first hui of the day in Gisborne. All this just underlines that in Te Māori it's a different context. It requires you to show up in a different way. In Daikopua's case, it led to a different use of her expertise. First and foremost, my identity is as a Ngāti Puro woman. It always has been. But that will never take away the fact that I'm a psychiatrist. Mm. I have that tohu. Mm. And so I work really hard to get that tohu, mm. to have power to create change. And so I can always be a psychiatrist, mm. whether I work in the DHB, mm. whether I continue to diagnose or prescribe or seclude or put people under the Mental Health Act. None of those behaviours are behaviours that any psychiatrist wants to do, but the system has perpetuated it for so long. So all of these things that I'm saying don't make me less of a psychiatrist, but they do speak from a Ngāti Puro woman's voice. And speaking from that voice has led to Mahia Atua, a way of looking at family dynamics through a wholly Indigenous lens, with a broader workforce supporting Fano than you'd be able to find in traditional Western models. The Mahi Atua approach is a tool in the kete of many kaimahi now working in Te Their expertise means Fano are now getting cultural support as well as basic practical help. Everyone who comes into the Pregnancy and Addiction Service to Hiringa Matua on Custom Street gets the same mihi whakatau from the kaimahi, whether they're making a podcast for RNZ or just popping in to check things out. This region has a lot of hapu mama who have experienced addiction, and the service has been developed to support these whānau. Tanita's been coming here for a year. I was hapu with my fifth child, um, and I had oranga tamariki wanting to uplift that baby. 
So as I needed um, a safety net and tehiringa were very beneficial to that safety net. So how did they help? Um, attending FGCs. Mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, family, oh, family group, group conferences, conference, yeah. coming to me with meetings, being present. I've had help with writing affidavits, um, using their facilities such as computers and just a place if I was feeling down, whether because usually I come every Tuesdays to Wananga, so even if I was uptown on a Thursday not feeling too good, I could always pop in here and um, have a cup of tea and just a chit-chat. And how important was it to you that this is a Māori environment? Very important because I believe that everyone has equal rights here. And also being part Māori, I don't know my Māori side, so I'm learning that coming here, which is neat. We're not all um, born with it. No, yeah. I, yeah, no we're not. It. We have to find it. Mm. And like I said before, I'm still learning my pepeha. Mm, and I'm learning it through coming here. It might not be immediately obvious how learning your pepeha can help a young mama or her tāne to come back from addiction. But the team here understands the power of whakapapa. Kia ora itafano. my name is Rahore Wānoa from Te Heringa Matua. Uh, and I'm a mata order in this space, slash social worker. Reinstilling... Mātauranga Māori is really important to us. Yeah. What does it do? It, it grounds. It grounds our people. It, it allows them to set roots. It allows them to set tikanga with their, within their own life. Mm. Um, like, we have, we've had, like, you know, mamas lose babies as well. What do they do? You know, oh, I mean, we, we've got... We've got the tools and the skills within this place to help them. We'll make it ipu whenua. Let's connect you with your whakapapa, your pepeha, your, your tipuna, and go back to your urupa, where you're from. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's what we can do where, where we're putting those practices back into place where it should have been um, and not foreign to Māori. This blows my mind, to be honest how these Kaupapa Māori services in Tairawhiti can offer that mixture of practical help like computer skills with that deeper spiritual work of connecting us to our culture. You don't see it in mainstream services. I don't know if that's because of a lack of understanding or a fear of getting into woo-woo territory if we enter into anything remotely close to spirituality. After a follow-up call with the DHB, we discover that this service is hitting all of its targets, even the park house system defined ones. It's retaining staff, reaching into the community in a way that other services haven't, and the DHB are satisfied that it is effectively dismantling barriers to getting help in a group, Hapu Mama, that have been considered hard to reach and harder to help. For most of our lives, when we go into the health system, you are an individual, and that's how you're treated, and that's how you get marginalised. This is Matua Te Afimate Tāwhai. He led the program at Tehiringa Matua. It's a, a form of uh, separation, segregation, and how our, our, our people have become lost. And the, really, the, the thing that excites me about Tehiringa Matua, we're dealing with the tamariki and mokopuna. So we're making a future for them so they don't have to put up with the stuff we've had to put up with, you know, being uh, racially 
noted and getting um, put in institutions where we don't even belong. And having to be law-abiding citizens when the law is actually focused on getting you into the whareherehere. So this, this is an opportunity that we have is to recreate society. I feel very sad listening back to this. Matua had a stroke and died not long after this interview. He was only 61. Outside the city of Gisborne, the road snakes along the coast past some of the most beautiful beaches you've ever seen. When you can see them, that is. The morning we were there, it was sheeting rain. About an hour and a half's worth of logging trucks and sodden sheep later, we pulled into the car park at Tepuya Springs, the hospital run by Ngāti Poro Hauora, the only Māori hospital in the world. It hasn't had a significant reno, they told us, since the maternity unit was done in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, no visiting hours. Whānau are free to come and go as they please. The, this is their whare. It really is. So everything in my power is done to ensure they feel that. Corinna Parata is the midwife here at Tapuya Hospital. She's also the only midwife for the whole of this coastline, driving around 4,000 k's a month to look after Hapu Mama from Tolaga Bay south of here up to Hicks Bay an hour to the north. This is an isolated rural place. It's miles away in every sense from North Shore Hospital in the affluent urban suburb of Takapuna, where I did my obstetrics and gynaecology rotation in fifth year. There's been numerous times the horse has been left at the gate. I've had to strip off and wade across a freezing cold river with stuff above my head to get across. Um, a kayak's been left on the other side of Hakurangi, and I thought, oh, no way. But, oh well, I needed to see her because she had terrible hyperemesis and she was actually flying out. And I've done so many visits in fields, paddocks, farms, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah, so it is life of a rural midwife. The women Corinna cares for are nearly all Māori. This coastline is nearly 90% tangata whenua. Some women birth at home, and there's a basic setup in the birthing unit, just gas and air, but it's only equipped to deal with straightforward delivery. Women with any complications at all have to fly into Gisborne. For some of them, that's a distance of up to 200 kilometres. I remember uh, one case with a woman who needed to get to Gisborne urgently to see the specialist, and there was no transport and she literally had to run to catch the local courier, you know, down the road, heavily hapu, get on the courier to get to an hour and a half away to a specialist appointment. This woman didn't make her appointment, and she got DNA'd. Now, this is one of the ugliest acronyms in our DHB bureaucracy. DNA means did not attend. It will appear on your record, irrespective of whether you didn't show up because you couldn't get a ride into town, you couldn't get childcare, or you couldn't make it because the hospital just sent you an appointment letter without taking into account your reality at all. The DHBs then have formal and informal methods of punishing people who DNA. They're either referred back to GPs after a certain number of DNAs or dropped off waiting lists altogether. 
medical bureaucracy has a special disdain for people who DNA. Those sorts of circumstances happen time and time again for a lot of our whānau, and it's heartbreaking mm. because then whānau are stereotyped mm. in certain ways and it's just unacceptable for a lot of our whānau who can't fit into the paradigm of the current model of maternity care. You may have someone on site, but there's still the issue of transport. How are they going to get here? And when they're sort of looking at, do I use the $10 for petrol or $10 for bread and milk? We know what they're going to choose. And they're real stories. We know maternity services are being rationalised all over the country. One of Corinna's bosses asked her what her dream was recently. She said, to be able to chew my food. Corinna knows that her workload is unsustainable, but as the only full-time Māori midwife, she's worried about what women in this rohe will miss out on if she isn't here. Over the years, the working conditions have just become more and more difficult. So that says to me, that isn't a priority at DHB level. Under Te Tiriti, mm. for example, mm. you know, about partnership and Culturally appropriate, protection yeah. of Māori birthing practices, where this is where it's all happening. Just to frame this another way, it's useful to think about what we are gaining, all of us, Māori and Pākehā, when tamariki come into the world in a place like Te Puya, with that connection to their culture already in place. Think about what the Mata'ora are doing at Tehiringa Matua, that heavy work of repairing the severed ties to whakapapa and the trauma of being colonised. There's no work of reclamation necessary when it's there from the minute you arrive. So they come out and they bring the pipi out and karakia to the four winds and, you know, there's those things here that you're regularly immersed in too, that this place is open for too, yeah rather than sitting in a building. We spent an hour with Corinna, walking the corridors of the little weatherboard hospital, visiting with Akuya and the Komatua suite just along from the birthing unit. Having the two side by side works well, she said. Sometimes the nannies come and sit with the mamas in labour. It's true, there are no visiting hours either. On the drive back, I had a bit of a vent. And it's, it's different hearing by Māori for Māori and seeing what that looks like in practice. So it's affirming, but then you're like, okay, so all of these solutions are already here. What are we doing? Why isn't this being resourced? Why, why is no one listening? It's bloody frustrating seeing how well Kaupapa Māori services are actually working for our people, only to also know that decision makers at the top of the system won't let go enough for them to be properly backed and bedded in for the long term. Te Matua and Te Kuwatawata are bicultural services that work based on anyone's metric. They're even exceeding expectations. Arhawara Tairawhiti told us they've still got a long way to go to put the right people in the right services to respond to whānau where they are. And while we're having pointy-headed discussions about policy, the people who do the actual living and dying, well, they're dying. For me, our visit was overshadowed by the loss of Te Afimate Tafai, who we met at Te Hiringa Matua. Around the same time, we lost one of our ngāti tu kōrehe rangatira, Papa Sean Ogden, who was in his 50s. 
I felt really defeated by both deaths. Some of our most treasured and impactful people aren't even getting to pick up their super gold cards at 65. The last thing Tiafimati and I spoke about was walking in two worlds. I feel a bit lonely looking at you guys because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be a doctor at the end of next year and I'm going to be going into a Pākehā system, you know? Oh, yeah. But we need, we need doctors in that space. It's just the same as die, being in, in you know, doctor die. And she had the ability to ruffle feathers and using her, I suppose, her merit as a doctor in those, to be able to walk in those different arenas. Yeah, so, you know, don't give up, <laughs> fight the fight. Hauda Tairafati told us how difficult it's going to be to come near finding anything like the leadership that Te Afimate brought to Te Hiringa Matua. Moi mai rā e te rangatira. Kia ora. it's Noel here, the producer of Getting Better. Just after we recorded this episode in July, the government announced an extra $180 million of funding for maternity services. $85 million of that will go to pay midwives in rural areas and midwives looking after complex pregnancies. The team at Tapuya Springs told us they're delighted to hear about the funding. And while they don't know yet exactly how much of that money will make its way to them, the goal is being able to employ a second, full-time, permanent midwife. Getting Better is an original series from Bird of Paradise Productions for RNZ. The show is hosted by me, Emma Espiner, and written by me and Noelle McCarthy. Noelle McCarthy was the senior producer, John Daniel was the script editor, and Gabriel Baker was our consulting producer. Sound design and mixing by Andre Upston, music by Pitch Black with thanks to Paddy Free and Michael Hodgson. Our main title graphics and episode illustrations are by Gabriel Baker. Kay Elmers is RNZ's Senior Commissioner, and Tim Burnell is the Commissioning Coordinator. Thanks also for the support from RNZ Kurahotu Māori, Shannon Honui-Thompson. This series was made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.